You gotta be quick with me. I'm from Erie, PA. Morant going right at Conley. Jaron, a three for the lead. It's in with 5.7. Jaron Jackson Jr. triples the Grizzlies into the lead. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Hoops and Cards. I am Gary, your host, and uh, I have this episode kicking around in my head for a little while of players that need a change of scenery, players whose cards market could just explode up or down, really, if their scenery changes. And in a lot of cases, it's got to change. Like we were here at the beginning of the NBA season, at least a lot of us were thinking, Something's got to change in Brooklyn. Well, the scenery changed for Kevin Durant. Now he's a Phoenix Sun with a chance to go to the finals again. And that change of scenery is going to help his card market, his potential. A lot of people buying Kevin Durant right now. But also for the Brooklyn Nets, to add Mikel Bridges, there's a player who had a change of scenery coming from Phoenix where he was fourth or fifth option on offense and one of the forgotten good rookies often from the 2018 class, Mikel Bridges, now is leading a team and scoring 25-plus a game. And his cards are hard to find, lower pop counts. He's having us go back to our 2018 dollar box, five box, $10 box eBay watch list for people who are dumping Bridges and don't realize who he is. And he's about to do a playoff series against the Philadelphia 76ers. So that change of scenery for Mikel Bridges, super helpful for his career and his card market. A few other guys that we saw that happen with in the past season were Jalen Brunson going to the Knicks where uh, he's had a fantastic season. I think he deserved to be an all-star. Donovan Mitchell getting traded to the Cavaliers and staying out of what maybe felt like basketball purgatory with Utah and that team uh, not doing what they what their potential or what their dream was and a change of scenery has helped donovan mitchell back into the mvp conversation and could take the Cavs on a deep playoff run but in the same breath i could talk about laurie markinen's change of scenery going from fourth or fifth option on the Cavs offense to number one in utah most improved player this season i believe a change of scenery really really helps certain guys it really does. I think it helped DeJounte Murray. At least now he's got some playoff aspirations. But we could go throughout the league and say, this guy's trade or this guy's new role or this guy's opportunity. Sometimes he just stays where he's at and finally gets the pieces parts around him and his team. And that's how the scenery changed. He remained in that spot while his team made some deals around him. I suppose like Giannis staying in Milwaukee, they trade for Drew Holiday. They add guys like Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez and Joe Ingles and Jay Crowder. And they're, man, duh, Grayson Allen, do the Bucks look like title favorites? I think so. I'm all for it. I'm excited about it. But what I want to talk about today are five players, five settings or scenery, five circumstances that I would say, man, if something happens here, in fact, even adding them to my list says, I think something should or will happen with these players 
and it could make all the difference in their card markets. Some with like just explosive potential for anybody involved and some with like, you know, that, that probably does have to give, there probably does need to be some change involving that player or involving that team. And I'm not going to talk about players that are disgruntled or disruptive. I'm not going to, you know, I thought about putting Rudy Gobert on the list because he's, well, wasn't worth everything the T-Wolves gave up to get him. I think that's clear by now. And total uh, chaos as far as a teammate goes. So, no, I'm not, that, that, that really doesn't affect the card market anyway. Unless your name is Anthony Edwards and you lay an egg in your playing game. Anthony, what is your deal, bro? Oh, that, that man, I hope he shows up in the game here against the Pelicans because that is not the way to end your big season, dude. Look, no, uh-uh. So I just gave away that I'm recording this on Friday morning of the play-in week. So there you have it. And um, yeah, my my next, you know, is, let me start this list. It's going to be a countdown of players who would benefit from a change of scenery. Either they go somewhere else or their supporting cast changes dramatically. Number five on this list, Damian Lillard. And by association, Anthony Simons. I think Damian Lillard, it's very noble that you've wanted to stay in Portland. You are the guy. You're the, whenever anybody thinks Trailblazer, they're going to think of you. Congrats. But you're not winning. You're not going deep in the playoffs anytime soon. Your team jettisoned Josh Hart for a pick. They're building around 18-year-old Shaden Sharp and young young player like they it's like they they try to do both rebuild and support dame on a playoff run and it just it just hasn't worked out and i don't see that it's going to that's the issue i don't see that a team with nurkic and jeremy grant and anthony simons who basically is damian lillard playing alongside damian lillard he has to look in the mirror and say Anthony, Damon, who are you? Like he, they are, they are very much alike as far as their capabilities as players. So I'm saying something has to give and it may not, it may not, but man, if Damian Lillard forces a trade to a team that has all the contending potential and possibilities, or maybe they just need one more superstar to push them over that edge I mean, I can't even imagine Damian Lillard and Luka Doncic together. I can't imagine Damian Lillard and the Joker together. I can't imagine what a deal would look like with Damian Lillard going to any of these, really, any of these playoff teams. Could you imagine the Lakers? Holy cow. Uh, all those rumors. Uh, it would affect the Lillard card market if he has a chance to add a championship. It certainly certainly would and this is why i would recommend it if i'm portland get everything you can for the guy bless him retire his jersey like build him a statue for all i care but you are not going to the finals as long as you have lillard in that contract on you have cho you have made your bed and your bed is with the the younger generation you traded cj mccollum you traded josh hart you have let some guys go around lillard that uh, were in his same age group and peer group and um and I get it. You've added some picks. You've you've gotten a little bit younger. 
you've got these players like Shaden Sharp has ridiculous potential. Dude needs to play. He needs to play to develop as a player. And so does Anthony Simons. Anthony Simons has Shea Gilgis potential. He does. He has had Shea Gilgis performances. There's a reason Gary just said, I talk about myself in the third person. Isn't that great? Gary just said, Dame's like looking in the mirror at Anthony. Like same deep shooter, clutch, scorer, can put a team on his back or drop 12 dimes if you need him to. Like he can do everything. He's young. He's, he's got all the chips on his shoulder he needs. He's got Chauncey Billups in his ear. I say trade Dame for as much draft capital and as much uh, talent, young talent around that trade as you can get and then move on. Move on. Make If you could pull the same deal that Utah just did for Donovan Mitchell and get those picks, get a Markinen, Sexton, and Oche Akbaji, holy cow. The problem is those offers don't grow on trees. <laughs> like, that was a lot that the Cavs gave up or that Minnesota gave up for Gobert or that the Phoenix Suns gave up for Kevin Durant. But they need that kind of deal. And then in return, they don't need a point guard. You got that. You got the point guard. You've got Simons. Get get your Mikel Bridges. Get your other scorers. Get your front court. You know, your power forward, your center. Get your rim, rim rocker, whatever. Like, get them. Get them. And build around Simons, Sharp, Jeremy Grant even in picks or, or trade Jeremy Grant. Like it is, it is time to just decide what you're going to do, Portland. That would affect the Simons market, not overnight, but when he makes his first all team like SGA just did, that's when it would, that's when you'd see it. And uh, believe me, you would see it. Okay. Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard. That's number five. Number four situation, change of scenery. We're hearing a lot about it in the news or the media this week because he sat out. He told the world he's healthy. He participated in pregame warmups and dunked. And Zion Williamson said, I just, I'm not ready to come back until I feel like Zion, bro. That's, that's not how you lead a team. That is not how you play in the NBA. You add whatever you can. If you're physically healthy and you're ready to go, I don't care if you give them 15 minutes, you give that team would be inspired. You'd give them some in, inside, you know, put, paint presence. Uh, you would give them leadership. <clears throat> you would give them uh, hope that as you play your way back into shape, isn't that funny? Like that's how players get back into being Zion shape. They play, <laughs> they play in games. They have minutes restrictions. They, they ramp up to that. Of course, you're not going to just walk out there and be 30 and 15, man. Um, but that being said, if I'm David Griffin, GM of the Pelicans, and I'm watching what the rest of my team has done without Zion, and I'm looking at Brandon. I'm, I'm looking around the room. Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas, CJ McCollum. I don't know if you guys have noticed how good Trey Murphy the third is. He's so good. Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado. They're loaded. The Pelicans are loaded without Zion. The Pelicans, uh, yeah. They could have beaten OKC the other night. They get a, you know, they they get an off season to think about all this stuff and to, and to look in the mirror or look at Zion and be like, all right, what are you? Are you all in or are you a headache for the next three years? Because the past three years, yeah, oh man, we salivate over what he does against 
you know, Brooklyn in November or December, but this is the third, is it the fourth? How many seasons are we gonna be like waiting for Zion to be Zion? I wanted to say to Zion like, yeah, you wanna wait till you can come back and be Zion? So do we. <laughs> like we've been waiting for Zion to be Zion since before he entered the NBA. He's had big game performances, but dude, you, you, uh, and I don't know if you saw any of the clips of players saying, just change your diet, bro. <laughs> like eat, eat healthy. You're not like couch potato, 57 year old watching somebody else's basketball career. You are Zion Williamson. Luca, I hope you're listening too, but you're Zion Williamson. And if I'm, if I'm the GM of the Pelicans, I'm like, man, if I get an offer from a team that wants to pay him the max or that wants to take on that contract and those injury headaches and that drama, like, I don't know, I don't know what you call it, but after that game where his team lost to say, or maybe it was before the game, just see, I'm a hundred percent healthy. I'm just not mentally all there, bro. Uh-uh. Sorry, this this is your job. You you get paid tens of millions of dollars to play in the NBA with or without my card market attached to it. And uh, your team needs you. I, I don't know how else to say it. Your team needs you. So uh, all that to say, not that Zion's card market is any good right now, but if Zion gets dealt, and maybe you're not hearing this at all, maybe there's no chance at all. I just think it should happen. I think they should float it. I think they should investigate it. Zion, you really want to go to the Knicks and play with RJ Barrett? All right. All right, let's let's talk. Because the Knicks could offer a big package of, of, of guys that could help the Pelicans win now and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. They have the capacity. I think they have the salary spot too. So there's potential there, uh, a trade to the Knicks. But yeah, that would help Zion's card market, but I'm not buying it. Can you tell? I'm not. No. I mean, I, I don't trust Zion. I don't trust, you know, maybe it'll be a wake-up call for him, maybe, but how, how many years do we have to have this conversation? I'm more concerned or interested in what the Pelicans can do without Zion and the scenery around Brandon Ingram and Trey Murphy III. That's what intrigues me. Who, who else could they bring in a return deal? If New York's crazy enough, to try to match salaries by putting Julius Randle into a deal with Emmanuel quickly and picks for Zion. I'm saying yes to that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Like, yes, yes, sir. Yes, please. How soon can we do that? Get me some new scenery around my franchise player whose name is not Zion. It's Brandon Ingram. That's the man. That's always, he's always been the man. And I think he wants to be the man. I think he, I think he can. I think he's, People have called him a poor man's Kevin Durant, but maybe he's a rich man's Kevin Durant, just younger and needs the pieces around him to do what KD has done. So I, 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 Zion, that scenery's got to change. It's number four. All right, changes of scenery. To watch that could affect the card market in a big way and one that I think very similar to what what I said about Portland uh, a team that has at times looked like they're rebuilding at times look like they're not and that, that they're trying to contend right now and that would be the, the scenery the setting would be in Toronto 
Toronto. Um, I I enjoy their style of play. I've seen what they can do when they're on. It is very, very tempting, very effective against certain teams and certain matchups. And yet, here we are again. The Raptors are a disappointment at the end of the season. They are not making it to the playoffs. And I thought about, you know, for this change of scenery thing, first of all, let me let me clear this up. Uh, I'm, I'm not anti-Scotty Barnes, okay? Not anti-Scotty Barnes at all. Wh- what I am is I'm pro, watch, watch the actual games and know that there are tons of options as far as players to invest in or buy and get excited about. And, and so it's not Scotty Barnes that I have been against. It's the hype around him. And, and maybe, yeah, he, had, he put up some decent numbers in his rookie season, but in no way do I think he was rookie of the year. I think that was Evan Mobley and Mobley got robbed. I think that was Barnes putting up numbers on a team that at times just, just needed somebody to do something because they had a variety of injuries and trying to figure out their roles and, and uh, Barnes was hungry and he plays hard. I mean, there's a lot to love about his game. There truly is. And I even noticed, like, I don't know, a week ago I said something about him making one three-pointer in nine straight games. And then, of course, two nights later he makes, like, three threes. He's like, shut up, Gary, you and your stupid podcast. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm the man. I'm him. Okay, Scotty. Um, by the way, that, that was in no way a, an attempt to impersonate Scotty's voice. But, but just to say, yeah. I mean, he has, he has moments, There's, there are things to be excited about, but what, what my number three change of scenery player is, is, is really just going to be any, any stinking Raptor. Like, are you going to do anything with these trades with OG and Anobi, who would be awesome if a team actually needed him to be a, a number one or number two scorer? Are, are you going to trade fan Fred Van Vliet where maybe he's not super old yet? But that guy can and deserves and wants to be a contender so bad. So I say trade a couple of those pieces and get get a contending situation. Think outside of your box of every player has to be six foot nine and do all the things unless his name is Van Vliet. They've got all of these Precious Achua, Delano Banton, Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes. A lot of them look like the, the same type of long athletic wing, three and D, you know. And that's, when it works, it is awesome basketball to watch. I'm not saying, I'm just saying they're not in the playoffs. You're not one of the final nine teams right now, still in the East with a chance at this. And you've had how many years with this model? How many years of Van Vliet and Siakam are you going to waste trying to play basketball that doesn't match up well in playoff-style Eastern Conference? So, so what, I, what I would be intrigued, I'd be so intrigued if OG got to be on a team that need, actually needed him to score. Toronto like looks to him twice a month to score. And he really has potential to be, like Mikel Bridges, a breakout player who has a well-rounded game, 
and he's young enough. He's, well, one year older, like one, at least one draft class older than Bridges, right? He still has a lot of career left in him. Guys, I feel just about the same with Gary Trent Jr., a team that actually needs him to be a starting shooting guard. There, there are, I was almost said they're games. They're like months where Gary Trent Jr. is amazing as a player, amazing as a shooter, amazing as a defender. And I'm like, maybe it's just me being a Cavaliers guy. I'm like, man, the Cavs would give anything for a, for a, a wing that could do that stuff. They'd give anything to say, Isaac Okoro, all of a sudden you just go out there and you play like Gary Trent Jr. all the time. Could I can't even imagine how good that team would be. If they had any of these players, OG, Siakam, Gary Trent Jr. So what I'm saying is put put Van Vliet on a team that has already deep playoff potential and you've got superstar moments for him in the finals. I think he has, well, he's done it before, but you know what I'm saying. And that I feel the same way about every other Raptor. So the change of scenery guy that could impact the card market, let's let's say two things. Number one, if they make a deal or if they make any moves that it seems like, no, they're really looking to contend. They didn't blow it all up, but they did trade a few pieces to try to get, like, consolidate. Instead of having six guys can, who are good, why not have three guys that are awesome? You know, big three. Toronto's like, let's build the big seven. Well, none of them play enough to get in a groove enough, let alone their team chemistry, to become what they could be as players or as a team. And so they suffer. They lose. In fact, I feel I feel very similar about the number two as we count this thing down. So I might as well just get there. You guys know how I feel about Toronto. Um, lots of good talent, but it's just not fitting. The sum is not greater than the, the total of the parts, whatever. But let's go to Chicago, where I think Zach Levine is underappreciated by the NBA, underappreciated by the hobby, uh, because he's had... It's so funny. Like, I, I watched some of that game, Chicago beating Toronto, and Zach Levine took over. And, you know, the announcers were talking about, man, he's really stepped his game up in the last week or two. Like, no, he's been playing that way since late December. And he did it last year, and he did it the year before that. And he doesn't need DeMar DeRozan, uh, you know, riding out his last few years as a good player to slow down what Zach Levine could do as the number one here. I, I think Chicago is a team like Toronto. They've tried to add these pieces around them. They've tried to add Lonzo Ball, Patrick Williams, Kobe White, Alex Caruso, Nikola Vucevic. And, and they're not bad, right? I mean, there's a chance they could win tonight and be in and make some noise against the, oh, no, the Milwaukee Bucks, no, no, no. You, the Bulls need to do something. Or they can just be a fringe playoff team for the rest of DeMar and Zach's careers. Some teams, you guys, some teams are apparently content to do all that. I know it's not that easy to go add talent. I know it's not that easy to make the moves because everybody might be trying to do them, but some organizations just seem to know what they're doing and pick a direction and go for it. Other teams, man, they just don't. They don't. So 
I don't know if with both Chicago and Toronto, maybe fans, maybe I do need to just trust the process and say, yeah, keep, keep hoping that Patrick Williams will be worthy of the number four pick someday. And, and I'm not saying he couldn't. I'm just saying Zach Levine, if he got dealt to a team that was a deep playoff runish team where he could be their Devin Booker, he could do it. It would be awesome. And it would matter to the card market. If the Bulls, instead of trading him, if they said, you know what? All right. This iteration of us gets us to like seventh in the East at best. What can we do? What players, what picks, what can we package how can we salvage this thing? I mean, do we really think Nikola Vucevic... I know they tried. I know that this was their version of the big three. Vucevic, Levine, and DeRozan. And they're not bad. Like, we're not talking about a lottery. Like, they're not, they're not tanking. But they're not great either. And I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. So, I would be fascinated by a change of scenery involving the Bulls and what that could do for Zach Levine's card value and really for nobody else's. You know, Kobe White's a good shooter. Patrick Williams is one of those good three and D wings. I bet the I bet the Raptors are trying to trying to work a trade to get him. They're like, man, how can we get more of these guys that can average 15 a game and be like fourth team all defense and then we can wind up, you know, ninth seed every year again like we used to be. Dude, no, uh-uh, no. It, Here's, here's the other thing that's crazy for me. Seeing guys that, that uh, they were awesome in college at certain things fall down the draft boards because teams are trying to get a certain type of body or a certain type of potential. And then eventually those players, hello, Jalen Brunson, that were awesome in college, guess what? They become awesome in the NBA. And the teams that pass them by, how many people passed on Tyrese Maxey on draft day? How many people passed on Desmond Bain? He was drafted 30th. Why not, why not pick guys that can play basketball instead of long-armed guys that, that really, really might be able to play basketball someday? You win by scoring points. Okay, I, sometimes I turn this, this podcast into basketball rant instead of card stuff. Zach Levine's cards are undervalued already. If he has a chance and an offense and a team that's contending where he can score close to 30 a game, he can do that. I think he wants to do that. I think he's ready, like just physically, mentally, all those things. He's ready to be that and do that. And and you know what? Maybe they win and maybe they give the Bulls, or sorry, the Bucks, a little scare. But really, really little scare. You know, just like Drew Holiday was really good on the Pelicans and they dealt him to a contender and now he's Drew Holiday, <laughs> probably going to repeat you know, get another chip here. Uh, Zach Levine could be one of those guys that winds up, you know, in a couple years. He's on the Mavericks. Oh, he's on the Celtics. Oh, he's on the Sixers. Dude, <clears throat> change of scenery. In a moment, we'll get to number one. Well, that's just as fascinating as the first 89 times you told me that. What's your prediction for the fight then? Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain.
right, you guys, number one on my needs a change of scenery list. And I know I could take some heat from this. I'm ready. Send me your heat at Hoops and Cards on Instagram, Gary at HoopsandCards.com. Uh, remember, change of scenery means lots of stuff around this guy needs to change or he needs to go somewhere else for the card market and for his career. And that, friends, is Luka Doncic. I feel so, I mean, so bad for him uh, as one of the top five or 10 players in the NBA in the world, and certainly the potential to be one of the greatest ever to play the game. Luka Doncic has gone from uh, having a, last year, having a supporting cast that could have gotten him to the Western Conference Finals because they, you know, did, to a team that is imbalanced, overpaid, doesn't fit together, and an owner that wants to whine about why they lost Jalen Brunson. I, this, this commentary right here, right now, is more about Mark Cuban who I like. I mean, I love Shark Tank. I love that he's engaged and cares about his team. I love seeing him and Dirk celebrate their trophies and the way he wants to make guys feel like they're part of a family and a legacy there in Dallas. I love so many things about the guy and the team. And yet, just like they struggled to put any sort of talent around Dirk Nowitzki, I'm glad they I mean, they finally did it, I guess. But, huh, Luca. Luca, I don't know what what kind of GM or what kind of owner looks at looks at this roster and says, "Yeah, um, Christian Wood would make sense here. Let's let's go ahead and overpay," or "Yeah, uh, we we've got too many, you know, solid supporting cast pieces around our guy. We need to we need to get rid of Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie." and trade for the the most unpredictable, distracting personality in the NBA over the last 25 years. Kyrie Irving, guys, <laughs> they traded a lot to get him. Let me say that first. A lot to get him. And, and why? Well, because he, he puts another superstar next to Luka Doncic. And I'll, let, me, let me just uh, apologize here. Kyrie is a superstar. Kyrie is incredible. Those nights when Kyrie gets 40 and Luka gets 40 and it looks like they're, nobody can guard them, that's a thing. That is a thing. The problem is that thing didn't happen more than like twice. And the team did not play super well. Luka and Kyrie, I, you guys are grown men. You, it, figure it out. Jason Kidd, figure it out, bro. Uh Luca's card market continues to plummet. They're not in the playoffs. You might think it's buying season in November. I might think, you know what? Why would I touch that team? Because, you know, worst case scenario, they're, like they're talking about these. What, what happens if they lose Kyrie for nothing? Well, they're kind of used to losing all-star caliber point guards for nothing. What happens if they sign Kyrie to the max and keep him because they might be one of the only teams that can pay him that much? Wow then I guess you get what you paid for. You get what you're asking for. A guy that can score 40 at any given moment. And then the other 90% of the time, he's a problem to your team and to your chemistry and to the development of any other young players you have. 
Luka Doncic's card market would benefit from a massive change of scenery in Dallas around him, which I don't see happening. Like, can you, do you see any GMs approaching Dallas and going, you know what, guys, I really want to, to give you a bunch of young talent for Christian Wood. I really want to, to package some picks and players and overpay for Kyrie like you did when I could just sign him in the offseason. Or, even better, I could have a contending team without him and his distractions. The other thing about Dallas is, like, what kind of team and the heat that I expect to get is from Dallas fans. But really, you guys are probably feeling it, too. I'm just saying the same things you're saying and feeling. It's frustrating watching a superstar, a generational talent. Luka Doncic, who could be those cards, man, the future of his career could be LeBron-esque, Steph Curry-esque, but right now it doesn't look like it. It does not look like it. It, it feels like we're watching Dirk all over again. It feels like we're watching Damian Lillard and all the stuff I said about Portland. It's even worse in Dallas because somebody's genius idea has amounted to we let Jalen Brunson walk period. We traded for the craziest, most talented, problematic point guard in the league and overpaid for him and overpaid to keep him if we do. We, somehow their GM, their brain trust thought, you know what? Dwight Powell is untouchable. They, they thought Dwight Powell and Christian Wood equals front court. Uh-uh. No. It's not happening. They didn't even make the play in. They didn't even try. They gave up on the last two games. Why? So they could get a, a, a number 10 pick and do what with it? I guess they're thinking anything we can, like get anything. Now, Jaden Hardy looks like a fun young player. Josh Green looks like a fun young player. They've got some positives with potential around him. But potential to do what? Miss the play in again next year? Dang it. Luca. In a trade, they could get everything they would need to be re to rebuild, right? But it's not going to happen. Nobody wants to be the owner that dealt Luka Doncic or the the GM that dealt Luka Doncic. <laughs> like, no, Luka would have to force his way to somewhere else. It has to eat him up inside to see Atlanta Trey Young in the playoffs winning the play-in game. Come on. It has to eat them all up to see Jalen Brunson and the Knicks taking the sixth seed and they're going to take Cleveland to the brink of elimination and maybe they'll win because why? Jalen Brunson is better than Kyrie Irving. And that's a problem. So, and I, it's sometimes like what I like to do on this podcast is come on, talk about the NBA and give us some hope, give us some direction if you're a Luca investor or fan, I don't have, I don't want to like lie to you. I don't want to try to make up some sort of contrived hope. I, I don't have hope. I don't have hope that they know how to draft or trade. I don't know how, that they know how to evaluate talent. All, all that you can point to in the last, what, five years that they've done is, hey, they, they traded for Luca. That was awesome. But since then, oh man, dumpster fire. I, I can't, I can't. And um, I like Dallas. I like Luca. I like Mark Cuban. I want this team to win. I want him to realize his potential. The NBA needs Luca to be good. The card market needs Luca to be good. Instead, I'm at the place, you guys, 
where we once every once in a while talk about the 2018 rookie class and how awesome it is. Luca, Trey, Shea Gilgis, A. You, you got a lot of players that are just now starting to step up, like Mikel Bridges and um, Michael Porter Jr. You've got some rookies from that class that their their situation now and moving forward looks a lot better than Luca's has or does right now. So off season, man, it's on you, Dallas, or you're just gonna do it again. And this idea that Luca's gonna reinvent it, reinvent his game, take he's got to he's got to put the team on his back. No, he didn't. No, he doesn't. I mean, LeBron barely did it in Cleveland in his early years. Jordan never did it until he had Pippen and Horace Grant and Phil Jackson. So get, and Dennis Rodman, get Luca his Phil Jackson, get Luca his Dennis Rodman, his Scottie Pippen, get him players that fit him. Not a guy that when the clock's running down in the fourth quarter, they're dribbling around looking at each other going, I don't know who's gonna do it. I don't know, you do it, you're so good. No, you do it, no you. No, let's whine about it afterwards while we're playing golf in May. Ugh. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be this passionate about it if I didn't care. I want Luca to be all that Luca can be and the league to be all in the card market with Luca awesome is it, it will rise like the rising tide lifts all ships or something like he, he and the whole card market would benefit from playoff runs that don't look like they're going to happen. So Luca's got to have a change of scenery. Either he's somewhere else. Are you listening, David Griffin? He's somewhere else or they trade a bunch around him and he says, I'm, I'm agreeing to do this, tear everything else down, build around me, let's go. Right, let's go. And Luca, while you're at it, try making friends with other players because you want them to come play with you. You don't want to be like the, the kid that's talking trash all game and then your team can never back it up and then you want to sign them as free agents to join your this clown show with Kyrie and and Luca you don't play defense so there, there's a lot of things that that Luca and the Mavericks need to change and I think they can that's why they're even on this list I think it can change either in Dallas or somewhere else for Luka Doncic and I know I want to hear too I'm one of you guys that bought Luca cards and lost money on them bought them because I believed what is true he's amazing he's a generational talent his game is still like, uh, oh, incredible. But dude, winning, it's all about winning. And uh, Dallas isn't doing it anytime soon, with or without Kyrie, it's not gonna happen. It's not happening. So something's got to change. But it probably won't because of who's in charge and the decisions they've made to this point and the confusing public relations just juggernaut that Mark Cuban thinks he is. No, this is this is a problem, and uh, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt Luca. It's gonna hurt the league. It already is. Are you running Treadstone? Gotta get it in. Here's Luca. Gets it away. It's gone. A Doncic dagger. Cut on these rhinos. Butler, Butler turns, fires, it's good! As the shot clock expires, Jimmy Butler, and it's a six-point lead. Oh, 
Put one of those hash browns at the end, you know, like hash brown team Cobra Kai or something. And then send it to the internet!